Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Recently, um, my son and I, we had the opportunity to uh, actually, you know, go on a plane uh, earlier this month. And this was his first time going on there. And um, we had to go, well, I wanted to uh, give him an opportunity to see his great-grandmother, my grandmother. Uh, he's probably only seen her a couple times in his life. But, you know, um, you want to cherish your family while they're still here. So I haven't been up there. I've seen my grandmother, but I haven't been up there in years. And I wanted to go up there and um, allow just the time that they could spend together. It wasn't for me. It was really for him. And uh, so we went up there. And um, so this was the first time going on a plane. And I was wondering, you know, what was going through his head? Because, you know, you, you ever experience something for the first time? There's different emotions and stuff that you feel. It could be free, uh, fear. It could be kind of you're anxious about it. You're afraid. So there's many different things that's going inside your head. So I was wondering what was going inside his head at that time, right? And um, a few days before we were able to get on the plane, we were playing outside. We were playing football. I was just throwing it to him. And where we live at, um, you can kind of see the, the, pl- the planes fly pretty low. So you can see them. So we saw about 10 different planes flying out there while we were um, playing football. And I told him, I was like, hey, son, I was like, see? I said, you see the planes? He's like, yeah. He was like, yep, that's going to be us in a couple of days. I'm excited. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So he also, when we got to the plane, we had time where we kind of sit down and wait for the plane to come. And so he had the opportunity to see the planes take off and see the planes land. And um, before we got on the plane, I asked him, I was like, you okay? He's like, I don't have any fear. He said, I know God got us. And I was like, well, you don't know you're preaching right now, boy. <laughs> so, um, so that was going on. So before we got on the plane, he did not have any fear, right? Or worried that the plane was going to get to, um, the plane that we were on wasn't going to get there without any delay. Just like when we bought the ticket. We, didn't have, we had put our faith in uh, Spirit Airlines, which is a great name. Um, so we put our faith in Spirit Airlines to get us where we needed to go, right? But just like our destination uh, for our trip was to see my grandmother, there's another destination that we're trying to get to. And that's what I want to talk about today. But there are some things that we need to take off before we take off. So the first thing, I just want to give you three points. There's three short points on today. So the first thing that we need to take off is we need to take off the fear of faith. Now, go to uh, Hebrews 11 and 1. And we're going to look at two different versions. So go to New King James versions first. So faith, as described in Hebrews 11 and 1, is this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. We have heard the scripture time and time and time again. But go to the amplified version of this because I like that version and how it really spells it out. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Listen to this. Faith, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Amen. Now go to... um, Mark 9, because that's, that's the now faith. That's faith that we hear about all the time. But there's another side of faith that we hear as well, and we're going to kind of marry them together. Go to Mark chapter 9, verse 24. So um, Mark chapter 9, verse 24, this is the man with the epileptic son. He said, at once the father of the boy gave an eager, piercing, uh, an articulate cry and with tears, and he said, Lord, I believe constantly. Help my weakness of faith or like you hear it in King James version I believe but help my unbelief so so many of us today are caught in between having faith and having the fear of faith so what do I mean by this well so like I mentioned me and MJ went on a plane to Cleveland right that's where we're going that's where my grandma lives to see my grandmother and we bought the tickets and we had faith that the plane was going to get us there to our destination now, there are some people, just like at the airport, there's a whole lot of people there, but there are some people who are afraid of flying, right? And even if you set them down at the airport all day and they saw all the planes taking off and all the planes landing safely, fear has overcome them and there's no way they are getting on that plane. Even after all the success they have seen, they're still not getting on. Their unbelief has already gained the upper hand. And fear takes hold of their emotions, and they conclude, I'm never getting on that plane. So we have people on this earth today who have seen God move in other people's lives. They've heard the testimonies. They've seen the stories. They read it in books. And no matter what's going on, Time and time again, it doesn't matter that, you know what, I can't really fully put my trust in God. And with that, we know that it's nobody but God who is taking them off into their destiny and landing them safely, right? So, but still they let fear, worry, doubt, keep them from fully trusting God. Now, see, I worked in the airport before, and guess what? I never was able to fly on the plane, even though I worked there. But guess what? I didn't have access to get on the plane because I didn't have a boarding pass to get on any of the flights. And just like we come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and we have access to the sanctuary, but... We don't have access to a relationship with God. So at the same time where we have this access here, we completely neglect that there is something more than just coming here Sunday after Sunday. Amen. Amen. But we know that 
with the access, you still need to have that pass to get that to get to that eternal destination. Amen. Amen. And we're going to need that boarding pass. And someone already paid for our tickets. Just like we have Spirit Airlines, there's another airline that you got to see it in the Spirit. It's called the Way Airlines. And they got a desk. And at that desk, there's a very special agent there. His name is Jesus Christ. And he got our boarding pass. And he has ac- he's given us access to get that eternal destination. Amen? All right, so the first thing we need to take off again is the fear of faith. So the next thing we need to take off is control. Take off control. Now, see, my daughters, they have their learner's permit. Yeah, I'll put y'all in. (laughs) And uh, many of us who have teenagers or who have had teenagers, this is a very, very, like I'm using the R, very, very, very trying time for parents. And um, when they're behind the wheel, if you haven't prayed at all this week, that is a time when you're going to pray. See, now, with me, so with uh, Zion and, and Zaria, uh, I'm kind of calm. I try to make sure that, you know, I'm, I don't scare them too much. Now, my wife, on the other hand, that's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. But um, one of the common reactions when someone else is driving is either you believe that you could do a better job and move them out the way. Or the other reaction is the driver is not simply doing a good job and we're going to get into an accident at any moment. Now, I felt that a couple of times, but I kept it inside. You know, I didn't, I didn't verbally say it. But I kept it inside. Bobby, she said it. But I kept it on the inside. I believe God. <laughs> so... Now, just like driving out on board of a plane, you can have that same anxiety, right? And it becomes even greater because it's different than being in a car. Sometimes you don't know who is in control of the airplane, right? Or if they're even paying the close attention to what they're doing. The fact passengers on a plane, they rarely know or see the pilot. They just get on and find their seat, Right? So the fact that they don't see them or they don't even know their name, it makes them feel weak. It makes them feel like I'm not really in control of what's going on, right? So with this, um, since they're made weak, they really fall dependent on the pilot. Because driving, you might have your driver's license and you can easily pull over and say, let me drive. I got it. I'm more experienced than you. You about to get us into an accident. On a plane, how many people got a pilot license (laughs) where you can just go and knock on the door, sir, sir, you're doing a horrible job. Move on over and let me, oh, Lord, this is not a steering wheel. What's going on? I I don't know what's up here. Like, you ain't got speedometer up here? Like, I I don't know what's going on. You got a brake? Where's the brake? You don't know. None of the controls. So you feel weak because even if you feel like they don't know what they're doing, you wouldn't do any better (laughs) going up there to that cockpit and trying to control the plane. 
Right, so go to Jeremiah 29 and 11 um, and go to the message version of it. See, Apostle Bill, he done, um, Apostle Bill and Dr. J, they sometimes pull to, from the message version. And I was like, I ain't never looked at that on my phone before. Let me pull this up. <laughs> I said, I like what they say. I feel like I'm talking to um, one of the homeboys or something. Like, do right, stop sinning, and shut up. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, oh, gee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so this is, so... This is God speaking. He said, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. What's the next one? I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future I hope for. We hope for. They hope for? You hope for. The future that you hope for. So we got a pilot. He knows what he's doing. But with every bump or change in speed, failed relationship, argument, trial, tribulation, pain, what do we do? Just like we tell the plane, uh, the pilot on the plane, you don't know what you're doing. Inside your heart, we tell God, you don't know what you're doing. All this stuff that's going on, all these bumps, these bruises that I have accumulated over time, God, what the heck are you doing? Because I thought this was supposed to be a smooth ride. I thought once I give my life to you, that I was good. I didn't know that there's going to be some more work I had to do. Just like uh, Tim talked about earlier, taking off the old man, putting on the new. It ain't like clothes. Because certain situations will come up, and that old man, you'll reach for that sock that you used to put on, that old cussing sock. That's... And it'll come out. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, no, I got to take, take that off. I, had some, I got some new socks on. They, 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 our feet are shot with the gospel of peace, and that ain't peaceful right now. That, <laughs> that ain't peace. Sound like Peter over here. <laughs> but, um, but we know with every bump and change, right, who's afflicted? Is it God? It's us. So we feel everything, and we try to wonder out what is going on with God. So I was um, just, you know, on the Internet, you know, just looking at different stuff. And uh, while I was studying, I was just looking at, you know, different planes and everything like that. And I ran across an article, and it just I just want to share it with you. It was, it was great. Now, so Steve Allwright is a British pilot for the, um, for the British Airways. And um, he got a, a great name because he can get on in the com. He's like, it's all right. We're pilot all right. <laughs> I was like, he, he was destined to be a pilot. Because you hear that name, you'd be like, yeah, 
Okay, I feel I feel pretty good. You don't want nobody else to like pilot turbulence. You'd be like, oh Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to go on there. But at this time, so in this article, I don't know that he knew at that time that he was preaching something good, but he was just answering some questions. And I want to share this with you real quick. So one of the questions that he was asked, he says, what causes turbulence? Because these are pastors just talking to. They just want to better understand. And, you know, people that are fearful, you know, get on the plane. So that's a valid question. What causes turbulence? And this is what he said. He said many different things may cause turbulence, but each and every one of them is known and understood by the pilot. Every day I fly, I expect a small amount of turbulence, just as I expect the odd bump in the road on the drive to work. But listen to this. He said, turbulence is uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. So, I come here to tell you today that, yes, your situations are dire. Yes, you feel the pain. Yes, you feel the hurt. Yes, you feel the turbulence. But the turbulence is uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. It is not dangerous. Amen? Because at the same time, that despair, that unfairness that you feel that God is putting on you, that hopelessness that you feel. But God already knows every last one of them. And it's to be expected while we live here on earth. But let me remind you, like I said, turbulence is uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. Because God is flying our aircraft, and he's a very experienced pilot. And we know that we can trust him with the controls. Amen? He has promised to never leave us. He's promised to take care of us, right? And he has the same vested interest in making sure your plane lands safely. So you can take off that control. Amen. So the second thing that we need to take off is what? Control. And the first one was what? We need to take off the fear of faith. So the third and final thing that we need to take off is abnormal use or abuse. So there was an elderly lady and she had a bunion on her right pinky toe. If you don't know what a bunion is, a bunion is like a, a bone spur. It's like an outgrowth, and it causes a lot of pain. Um, and it could, you know, but this one was on her right pinky toe. So anyway, she had this bunion for years, and um, she did many different things to try to reduce the pain. But one of the most unique and crazy things that she did was, whenever she bought new shoes, she would cut a hole. Where her right pinky toe was, so her bunion wouldn't rub against the inside. So she would, and she loves shoes, loves shoes. But can you imagine somebody, before they even get out of the store, hand me some scissors, hand me some scissors, hand me some scissors. 
and cut a hole on the right where her right pinky toe was to relieve the pain, completely diminishing the value of that shoe or shoes, right? So now you know it's bad when you even put dirt on your shoes because you want to clean it up. This right here, what can you clean up when you cut a hole in your shoe? So she reduced the pain, but at the same time, she ended up looking real foolish. Ain't nobody wanted to go out with her. Tell about Mabel, we about to go to um, Applebee's. You on oh, their mind or something? <laughs> no, you're not coming with us. And then it's raining outside. You think she's gonna go outside with it rain? Everything is dry except that that pinky toe down there. <laughs> so it took someone talking to her, telling her, like, look, Mabel, you got to get surgery. You got to get that bunion off because you can't keep cutting these shoes. They don't look right. You look foolish and nobody want to hang out with you. Like you always sit up front in church and you just got that. That toe just out there like it's just. I know nobody want to see that. So let's look at Luke chapter five, um, New King James Version. We're going to start at verse 36. We're going to look at 36 and 37. And this is Jesus speaking a parable in Luke 5. He said, then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one, this is verse 13. 37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. So here, Jesus was talking directly to the Pharisees and telling them that what he came to bring to them was something completely new. He's not something they can really just simply tack on to what they already believe. And like putting, like they said on the scripture, like putting a patch on a garment. Because both things now look foolish. You got a new garment with a hole in it. And you got an old one with a new patch on it. And people can clearly tell the difference that these two are not the same. So... This is like the lady who was cutting her shoes to reduce the pain. This is abnormal use. This is abuse. And when we try to put a little bit of Jesus, just a little bit, just a little bit of Jesus to reduce our pain but not save our souls, we end up looking foolish. And people can clearly say that. You and Jesus are not one and the same because it's two different cloths. Amen. Now, how often do we try to pass Jesus onto our lives? 
How often do we try to maintain our old man, our own sinful ways of the world, while still including Jesus on the side? You know, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but, you know, you grew up where it was. You've seen people in church or even in your family. And Sunday, they were angelic. They was helping everyone. They ain't cussing today. The radio's on 102.5. But during the week, that little bit of Jesus that was on there Sunday, nope, because somebody going to catch it on Monday when I get to work. They know they had, we know we had a deadline, and what do you do? Instead of showing the grace of God and the love of God, you know, they'll show a peace, but it ain't, you know, peace from the peacemaker. It's another peace. Come on, play with me if you want to. Like, oh, like, where did this person come from? But anyway, so Jesus did not come here to patch up our tattered lives. He came to give us completely new ones. Amen. So God chose you. He formed you. He set you apart. He designed you. He made you exactly how he wanted you to be. And there's nothing in the world, no peace from the world that they can give you to even make you whole compared to that life, that garment of righteousness that Jesus wants to put on you. Amen? So he has made us with his exact measurements. And I just want to pose this question to you. Do you want to cut holes Continue to cut holes to reduce the pain? Or do you want to be made whole? Amen? We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.